Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily, most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily, thoughts and comedy from Broadway Superfans. From Broadway Superfans. We are here at the 54 Below offices with Jen Tepper and Kevin Michael Murphy. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. We're so excited to be talking to you. Hello, friends. Creators <laughs> and stars and general mavens of If It Only Even Runs a Minute. One, One of, of our, our faves. Favorite Jinx. things. Yes. Um, I love Jinx. you guys for getting the title exactly right, which of course you would because you've been like with us since the beginning <laughs> of the journey. But sometimes people mix up words and I'm like, mm. it's a merrily lyric. Yeah. Gosh darn yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It definitely, I think when I first learned of it, it took me a minute because I also didn't know Merrily at the time. <gasps> I didn't really either. I knew it existed and I knew the, like the myth of it and mm. whatever, but I didn't see it and didn't really know it until Encores did it. Which you weren't was around in 1981. <laughs> I wasn't, not yet, not yet. Although I did see, how many times have you done uh, Merrily at Runs a Minute? Actually, only once. Okay, we I had was one edition that, one. that we right. did a couple mm. songs, and it was like the longest edition we've ever done. So Josh Grizzetti <laughs> sang Franklin Shepard Inc. at like midnight, <gasps> and it was unforgettable. Yeah, I mean Lon- Lonnie <laughs> Price so was there long. and was like, I know, that's right? amazing. I know. And, and Jim, we were Jim Walton, original Frank, yeah. and Mana Allen. Mana Allen. Uh-huh. It was all in one. It was a. It was like edition. Caroline's. It was mm-hmm. the only I mean, one I cared about. Three and a half hours. Harley Rose, Son and Claire sang. The Money and, Tree. Yes. Yeah. Oh my amazing. God. She's Why amazing. wasn't I there? This is what you miss when you don't go to Runs a Minute. Yeah. But that's like the beauty is like we love having it on YouTube so that yeah. people can enjoy yeah. it from their homes. Totally. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about when Patty and I saw Merrily because we were both experiencing it the first time mm-hmm. is that we walked out of the show and Patty went, oh God, life's so depressing. And I was like, Patty, we're opening doors. Like, <laughs> we're five years I was apart. like completely inspired and Patty was like, no, I'm not married. <laughs> <laughs> it's both the most married like, Depressing and the most joyful show. I think that's why totally, I love it. Yeah. And it's because of the time continuum. Like, I also think Last Five Years is the most depressing oh, and the most hopeful absolutely. show. Yes. Which is like a similar. Yeah. Yeah. I also love the moment now that I can watch Merrily and when, I, if it only even runs a minute, comes up, I like want to applaud when I'm in the audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people look at me. Yeah. Like, I made that something else. <laughs> <laughs> we stole that. Well, before we get into all of that, we have 10 questions that we ask everyone who's on our podcast. Do you know Beth Level? I do know Beth Level. She's a lovely woman. I love her so much. She has played here at 54 Below. Mm. Um, she's also just a delight in general. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get One there. Day. Yeah. yeah. You guys can do Baby It's You. Oh my god. I would love to do Baby It's You. I would love to do the whole Baby It's You reunion concert. Like Brandon Uranowitz. Oh yeah, I would love to hear all those songs without the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Ooh, what show do you most want revived? It's a great question. Oh gosh. You go first, Kevin. What are your guys' answers at the moment? Dessa Rose. Oh, it's oh. Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm um, so stressed I will out. say I have so many answers. Sure. Um, you, can, because, you can give us I like a like, top three, something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, there's also like a what do you want revived on Broadway? What do you feel like should mm, be done at sure. Encores? All of that. But I will say like the show I really want people to see and know better in the moment in my head is the human comedy, which is like one of my favorite underappreciated shows ever. Um, oh. And it's like a Galt McDermott public theater musical that moved mm-hmm. to Broadway in the 80s. Um, and it's just like a wonderful, important story with like a fantastic score that people really don't know. There was like a production in a 
Astoria a couple years ago that it's was like oh at that amazing. yeah we saw Blood Brothers there yeah, yeah, yeah. they do great work so love I, I love human comedy I would say uh, I have a couple ideas one would be a man of no importance mm. oh, yes. mm-hmm. which yes. I have which I just have loved for years and years and years and I'm a jerk and didn't see it mm-hmm. at uh, the Mitzi Newhouse uh, the other thing is the other night I saw Grand Hotel at NYU oh. and I had never seen the show as many people I yeah. like haven't yeah uh, just that are, lady in the commercial and I'm like this is such a dark interesting show I'd love to see like I don't know a very like dark like mm. chocolate factory oh, kind I'd of production like that. Oh. John Doyle production of the show that popped into really my fun. head too John Doyle yeah. I don't know. I only saw Good I answers. saw Grand Hotel once when I was uh, working at Stage Door. Oh, <laughs> you're right. It was an all white production. Oh my! It was. It was. I liked seeing the show because I didn't know it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Those kids are talented. Pretty songs. <laughs> This is a performer question, but Jen, you have a performance background sure. as a as a youth. <laughs> have you ever fallen asleep on stage while pretending to be asleep or dead on stage? Oh my god, I love that question. Only during tech. Oh. <laughs> I'm in tech. What happened when you woke up? We were still in tech. Like like <laughs> like were you were, we've always imagined a, a moment this was inspired by when we were seeing Porgy and Bess mm-hmm. and we were like what if Audra McDonald actually fell asleep and then missed her cue and then Normalos had to like kick her to wake her up and was like oh oh I am stage <laughs> I'm sure it's happened <laughs> or like yeah, all the times that Judith Light has yeah. taken a nap on stage yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, Judith Light's taken so many naps on stage is that a thing does she do that there's just been a lot of plays we've seen where her character has had to nap on well, stage well she's always talking about sports that's exhausting <laughs> <laughs> <Some> party <laughs> and like that other sports show um, I saw t- Therese Rakeen, is that how you say oh, it? Why well, you I don't know. The other night. I yeah. it was it with was the crazy fun. person? There's a crazy person? No, oh, the yeah, audience? The night after the oh, crazy person. Okay. I saw that but, person get dragged down the street in handcuffs. I, yeah. yeah. I wish I was for there. a quote or something. Oh, don't was there. Security the next night was crazy. There yeah. were cops oh, outside. They looked in my God. bag. Whoa. You know, yeah. nothing, I guess nothing was bad. But, um, and the guy, the guy next to me to my left, mm-hmm. Uh, had three different sets of binoculars <gasps> and like what? stood up halfway through oh, the show. There's, there's a no. fan element. Yeah, you guys, if where Justin Timberlake ever comes to Broadway, don't let me be that person. Yeah, uh, you yeah. Be. I know, but who and knows? And he's not going to Broadway. It's going to be Matthew Morrison and the Justin Timberlake story, and then it'll be fine. <laughs> I wish everyone could see, see Maddie's face. face. Right now, that would be amazing. <laughs> I not, like okay. Um, I've never fallen asleep on stage during a show. I'm not a good sleeper. Um, but I will say that in the like orphanage scene in Annie, which I was in a hundred times because I did Annie a hundred times at camp, sure. other people would fall asleep and I would poke them. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Pepper. I did that's hilarious. Yeah, were you Pepper? You seem like a Pepper. I was Duffy, the really tall oh, old uh-huh. orphan. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, Pepper's a good part. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite Broadway house? Oh, God, it's like... Circle in the a- Square. Mm, oh, interesting. Why? Because when it's, when it's a great show... The energy is palpable. Like mm. when when you're in Fun Home and everyone's feeling all the feelings that you can, f- you you're just with everybody. Mm-hmm. And when it's a less than great show, the experience of seeing people across and and it's oh sure yeah it can it can I think it can sort of make or break it. But it's like the energy is so palpable and it's 
totally unlike any other space. And I think mm. we're really lucky to have it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really can't answer this question. Like, I really don't have a favorite. <laughs> that makes but sense. I, I that's not like, around anymore. I'm so, that's true. I am so far into like the St. James right now because it's yes, in my third book sure. that I'm starting to work on. And I got to interview George S. Irving as one of the two surviving original <gasps> cast members of Oklahoma recently. Oh, that's so So cool. like just wrapping your head around the St. James is so crazy. And like the fact that for some reason that theater, I've been able to really talk to people from the 40s, 50s and we still have that theater and I love that theater. I love that's my favorite theater. I really? Love I've just had so many amazing experiences in it. Like I saw Gypsy a bunch, I saw Leap of Faith a bunch. Like I've just like had such amazing experiences there that it's very yeah, close to It's such to my a like heart. classic musical Sideshow. house. Yeah, I was thinking you were gonna say Sideshow. Yeah. I, I can't believe I forgot Sideshow. <laughs> I worked at the St. James you for did? a short period of time. Uh, little known fact: I did uh, line control for how the Grinch stole Christmas. Oh, amazing! So it's basically was that the It was during the strike. Oh my gosh! I and I was about basically that. an outdoor wow. usher. And so I got this cute little fleece Grinch hat, and I had to tell people which door to go through. And it happened during the strike, and it got to the point where I did not feel comfortable working during yeah, the strike. And so yeah. I, had, I had to have some words with one of the bosses and I was like I'm sorry I'm a member of Actors yeah. Equity and I don't feel comfortable partaking yeah. in this and he yelled at me and then his boss was like no that's cool I understand oh good awesome. don't, we don't want to put you in a good bad job don't be a scab I didn't know that whole story Julia St. James has actually like a crazy history of people who started as like ushers or other like service jobs there who like went on to do something else and uh, Lauren Bacall and John McMartin both ushered there what? so you're in very good company wow from your job Amazing. that wasn't your favorite job but you went on to better jobs I'm I'm here for the night. <laughs> uh, everybody else answered. I don't know. I think beauty wise, the Belasco. That re the yeah, refurbishing really of pretty. it just was top notch. It's yeah. so beautiful. And I don't believe in ghosts, but I all I love just the idea of the idea of ghosts there. <laughs> um, Do you have a favorite show you then, saw there? Women on the Verge, I think. Oh, there yeah. haven't been that many since I yeah, since uh I moved here. But I loved Women uh, on the Verge. Was, you know, it was empty for a while, but Women on the Verge was show. great. It was great. And that was right so after the restoration. Yeah. And I saw all six headwigs, so that was oh, fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's After amazing. a certain point, you just have to. Yeah, <laughs> if you've got, yeah I've got. Well, to four, now I've like, seen no. four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess I'll see Darren and Chris. Um, <laughs> and then I don't know, maybe the Nederlander, because that's the first Broadway house I saw a show in. I rent. went to Rent, yeah, with Joey Fatone. Which is why I came to New York when I came to New York. <laughs> and then that's where Newsies was. That's funny because the first time I came to New York, I also saw Rent. And I was seeing Rent solely because I like, didn't oh, know right. it at all. Because I wasn't actually like a big musical theater kid. But I saw it because uh, Mel B was supposed to be in it. But she was out that night. Oh, no. But then I loved Rent. Yeah. <laughs> Still got to see Rent. Yeah. That was also, that was like the Nederlander, I feel like is very special, but that was not the first theater I saw on my first Broadway show in, but it was the first Broadway theater I actually saw. Like I remember coming mm-hmm. to New York oh, and like too. being down, like walking down 8th Avenue with my family and seeing that green, like the facade mm-hmm. and being like, oh, rent. <laughs> <laughs> so. Also, it has that great like populist history of yeah. that's where rushes started. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we all got to see cheap. Shows. I thought you said Russians, and I was like, that's "Yeah." Do you know that show Russians, Jen? You know all the shows about Catherine the Great, lotteries, and rushes. Uh, all right, next question: How old is your headshot? Oh God, Kevin, my, how old is your headshot? My headshot is probably—it's at least how old? I'm 32 now. It's at least five years old. 
Matthew Murphy did a great job yeah. of the pictures. Great. I'm a little long in the tooth for Rolf and the Sound of Music. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it is probably time for a new headshot. Are you related to Matthew Murphy? No, I wish I was. I hope somebody <laughs> thinks we are. There you go. We're both like white, lanky boys with mm. glasses. <laughs> Glasses do make people look related. Yeah. Mm. Um, in that moment when I was just like echoing you and I was like, Kevin, how old is your headshot? It was like that scene from now and then where they're like, Roberta, how big are your boobs? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I just felt like that. Um, Matthew Pudding. Murphy also took my headshots, which was so sweet of him because I was like, I just, I don't know. I'm not a performer. Do I need headshots? And he like was so yeah. wonderful to me about it. And then they've ended up being the photos that I've used on my book and like everywhere yeah. else. So they're, they're like, great. probably like yeah. two and a half years old, but I love him for like being encouraging yes. with me. To do them, um, yeah. So they're like two and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years old. Do you read reviews of things that I'm in, or yeah, generally, generally more so? Like, do you would you read a review of something you performed in? I love that you guys ask people this. I love hearing the answer to this. Um, Mm. I I have to say, after before I did the Book of Mormon, I would say yes. After doing the Book of Mormon. I would say no. Mm. I learned that that can be a very damaging thing because even if they're good reviews, if if somebody's pointing out something that you're doing, mm. all of a sudden you become super aware of it, mm. and that get you get in your head. And so um, Gavin Creel was actually the one that was like, "Don't post reviews. Don't put them backstage. Mm. Don't talk about them. Don't put them on Facebook. I don't want to come across them." And uh, I was really grateful for that, just because that lesson. And I'm like, mm. you know what? You got to do your work, and and I feel like reviews just get in the way of that. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. I have, like, a weird thing with this because I will never, ever read reviews of something that I think I'm going to see soon. So, Mm. like, if something's out of town Mm. and it's coming in, I don't want to see it because I really want to be, like, surprised and have, like, that discovery of what it would have been like to see it when I was 12 before we all might have read reviews. (laughs) But on the other hand, like, when I'm like, oh, my gosh, what was Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope, I'm like, let me find every review. And I'm so grateful that there's, like, 20 reviews, which I don't take to be fact, which I take, take to be, like, 20 different people's opinions. But I think that if I was me 30 years years from now going like oh what was leap of faith i would be so grateful to have those 20 reviews Mm -hmm. maybe um you know it's tricky i feel like it goes both ways um and then a lot of times though after i see a show i'm interested to read like select reviews like i think we do have some very smart critics who i'm like i want to know what you thought after i see it um or if i know i'm never gonna see it so i i have like a weird divergence. i feel like i usually do the same if i know i'm seeing something i'll stay away from everything about it but then after i see it then i'm like well now i want to know what yeah. these other people thought totally. or people send me um ben brantley reviews a lot of the time and say hey read this it'll make you angry <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a, like what's brantley gonna say about this yeah, yeah, yeah. he's gonna yeah. hate it yeah that sounds right what show have you seen the most times um, I have definitely, I mean, I saw a title of show and Godspell both an inordinate number of times cause I was working on them and mm-hmm. because like I could have seen them less, but I saw them constantly. Mm-hmm. But the show I haven't worked on that I've seen the most times on Broadway was actually the chorus line revival. Oh. It just like took me to a place. Like I loved that show of that production. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a three way tie <laughs> between title of show. Aww. Cause I just was enamored with every single line and perform everything. I was the I'm biggest so mad at fan. myself. I, I love that show. It will it. be so special to me forever. Um, Bat boy. Oh, uh, mm. which was the first time I ever really fangirled about a show. I like would go to the stage door and like talk to all the actors. Yes. Um, and then, uh, the third one being, uh, 
the Little Mermaid because I was working for Disney. Oh, right. right. So they were, they were always like, free tickets tonight. You can come again. And so I, I could just basically walk in the theater whenever I wanted. And I also had unlimited amounts of Little Mermaid merchandise. Yeah, I have a bunch of stickers. And... To children. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. Yeah. Magnets, stickers. Magnets, stickers, buttons, a lot of mm-hmm. buttons. Weren't there like pom-poms or something else weird? Yes, or you're right. There were Why like, were there pom-poms? There were like a, it was like a pom pom. It was like a keychain. It was something. All they the were things just, they have under the sea. Yeah, they were just yeah. they were trying for something. Oh, maybe it would look like seaweed. Maybe, maybe that was it. <laughs> I, I will say maybe. I'm looking forward to liking the Lent Fontaine more someday because it's not mm. my favorite theater. But I say that with the thing of like I didn't like avocados when I was younger, but now I love them. So mm. maybe the Lent Fontaine will grow on me. You know, I have a friend who was in Beauty and the Beast there, and she's always talking about how everyone gets sick there. There, there there's like mold or something, and oh. lots, just lots of stories of actors getting sick a oh. lot in that theater. That's so not okay. Be careful. I don't. <laughs> I feel like my memories, and I feel like it's a tough. I've sat in the very back, and it's tough when you sit in the very back, and then you're like, I hate this theater so far right. away. Like, right. is I, that where Motown was? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, you yep. feel far away in a way you don't necessarily feel at like the palace, even though right. it's similar in size because right. it's wide. It's yeah. like a movie yeah. house. And yeah. Oh, I will say I, don't, I that. don't think I've ever said this out loud before, but like, I've probably been like. Had at least tipsy at a Broadway show maybe like five times and four were at the Lent Fontaine like I'm <laughs> always I'm always drunk at the Lent Fontaine um, I'm, I'm not gonna say okay that's, <laughs> like, great, that's like a great name for like your biography I'm always drunk at the Lent Fontaine drunk at the Lent Fontaine <laughs> or like a long title drunk yeah. at the Lent Fontaine yeah <laughs> I like that you go in the basement there's like that little museum yeah them, like all the pictures like oh, I always appreciate mm-hmm. that. I like yeah. when the, when yeah. they have those in theaters me too yeah yeah who would you fangirl over? I feel like I do, like, every day. It's kind of like the beauty of my job is, like, you get to be, like, you guys, the three of us, it's, like, professional fangirls. Yeah. You're also a professional fangirl during one's minute, but... Oh, my God. And whenever else. <laughs> um... I will fangirl over Hunter Foster till the end oh, of time. Right. Like yeah. he's just my favorite actor. Like I know him now. We're pals. We'll, we'll like email about something and I'll be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, I just love him. I just, it, you never lose that. I hope mm, like yeah. when I feel like I see, like when Ted Chapin is like, I still love Anita Gillette. Cause I loved her when I was a kid and loved theater and saw her in shows. I'm like, you, you hold on to that because like, it's a good thing to hold mm, on to absolutely. as long as you're not like, you know, like a weirdo. Creepy. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's like, that's an awesome thing to like have loved someone as a kid and then get to the place where you like can work with them and be friends with them but still be such a fan I think that's mm-hmm. special totally for me they unfortunately have passed away but uh, I would hands down say Elaine Stritch is oh, the number one person yeah. that I yeah. don't know if I could meet because I would I would freak out and so we were in Detroit doing Mormon when she had just moved back to Michigan and I was like should I send her an email or a letter invite her to the show what could I do I want to bring her to the show and I was like I I can't do it because I don't know what I would say it I honestly was like freaking out and then she unfortunately passed away like Mm. the week after we left or something like Mm. that it was insane Mm -hmm. Um, and so that definitely would have to be the performer that I think I would have freaked out about do you think you could like recreate the experience with a drag queen Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> just to give you the closure. Yeah. Just, just, just to give me, just to give yeah. me, maybe we could get like Cola Scola to do it. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> the tiniest human in the world playing Elaine Stritch. <laughs> what was your best or worst survival job? Which, you know, you guys are both pretty young oh. <laughs> and pretty already successful. <laughs> no, but like I, I had a number of survival jobs. Oh my gosh. No, me too. 
I could give you kind of a best and worst. Um, my best one was I was an SAT tutor at LaGuardia High School for the Ooh. theater kids. Um, and it was awesome. Like, I felt like... I knew it was like a survival job and I was like, you're doing this and you're going to like work in the theater soon. But I was like, in the meantime, like I SATs, like I, I like, I like standardized tests. It's a weird me thing about too. me. Ah. <laughs> um, and so like helping theater kids who I could like relate to about theater do better at that um, was actually really nice. And I liked going there and doing that and walking around Lincoln Center. Um, my worst survival job was I was a waitress when I'm from Florida and in Florida for a summer, I was a waitress at Roadhouse Grill, which is the restaurant where you throw peanuts on the floor and stomp uh, them. Um, and so like, not only are you like handling like dirty Nellies, that's one like, in Chicago. Just, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, <laughs> is, people who yeah. want to make a mess and have other people clean it up. Up, go there and like stomp peanuts under their shoe and uh, yell at you. So wait, why worst. do you stomp on peanuts it's on the to be floor? Like, They're uh, like in barrels. It's supposed to be like the old like, west. Yeah. Or something. But do you eat them after? Well, yeah. No, you, it's like the shells. No, sometimes you just like throw them on the floor. And well, if you're being oh, a dick, but the shells. You eat, so yeah, you like you crack, they give you a bowl, you crack it open, you eat it, and then you no, put like, the garbage on the floor. Barrels at the um at the front, like barrels, and you just five guys. Right. Yeah, like five guys. Except don't throw your peanut shells on the floor at five guys. It was not pleasant. Yeah. My worst survival job, uh, maybe it was my first, which is I was a cater waiter. Mm-hmm. And so they would send me to the Hyatt in Jersey City. <gasps> oh, and, but like, luckily, I mean, like finding the silver lining is that I would be there working with Jason Michael Snow, mm-hmm. a friend of mine. And we were like both fresh off the boat, like just moved to New York. And I mean, we, it would be like an eight hour shift and they wouldn't feed us. And oh. I would not, I would, I was such a well-behaved person that I wouldn't like steal food. And Jason would be like, Steal the food. Steal the <laughs> <Yeah>. food. <laughs> um, I can see that. Yeah. And, and then I learned the lesson. It's like, okay, if they're not going to feed you for an eight-hour shift, then you have to, like, steal, steal the, the food. food. Yeah. That's illegal. I'll use the term rich people's plates because we're at the Hyatt in Jersey City. <laughs> yeah. um, you did air quotes. And then I guess my best survival job was working for Disney Theatrical at TKTS. I mean, there were horrible cold days during the winter, but there were absolutely perfect days where I just got to stand out. And, like, I didn't have to dress in a costume. I just, like, wore a, either my own clothes or just, like, a T-shirt or something. And I just answer questions about theater. And, and the people at Disney were cool because they were like, if people don't want to see Mary Poppins, you know, if it's, like, 30-something straight men, they're not pro- probably not going to want to see Mary Poppins and Lion King is sold out. So you can mm. send them to August at Osage County. You can send them something that they might like. Mm. Um, and I remember one night... I was walking the line at TKTS and this kid was like, do you know my parents? And I was like, uh, and I look up and it's Danny Burstein and Rebecca <gasps> Luker Jeez, and their kids. Oh my gosh. And, and they heard the question and I was like, yes, I know who your parents are. And I said both. And I was like, you guys are fantastic. I love you guys. I'm such a fan. And they're like, well, we're both going to our respective Broadway shows. I think Danny was going to South Pacific and she was going to Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, we're just trying to get tickets for Shrek tonight. And they were just like so adorable and down like to earth. for their kids? Parents. Yeah, for their kids. They're sending their kids to a show and they go to their oh, shows. Because they were like, sure. awesome. like 12 or something. Uh, yeah. Um, and it was just this like great, I don't oh, know, very so funny. down to earth. I love moment. that that kid was just like <laughs> trying to like, be, like my parents are famous. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Were they like, shut up, kid? Basically. <laughs> like, oh, God. I love when we would see, I worked at TKTS too. Um, not when Kevin was working there, though. I don't think we were. When did you work there? Um, a couple of years it? ago. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you Even had though we've known each other for maybe for almost a 10 while. years, nine years. Well, I've only been here for nine years, nine but years, about that long. Yeah, yeah, I remember when you first showed up. Yeah. <laughs> Came into this town. <laughs> Who wouldn't? It was at that Irish pub on 46th Street. <laughs> what was that called? For Brian's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> 
Irish pub on remember. 46th Street. You have to go downstairs. Yeah, you yeah. Like kind of go downstairs. It's not there anymore. It closed is that down. where the Bourbon Grill is now? Oh. At a restaurant road. I don't know, is. but it was, yeah. It yeah. was like a pub. Everyone went there, all but the kids. every now and then <laughs> you would see actors in the line at TKTS, and you're yeah. like, it's hard for anybody to get a ticket this time. They just want a discount. Yeah. I, mean, I remember, I remember... Um, when the cast of 13, like Ariana Grande coming out trying to sell tickets to 13 to Whoa. the people on the TKTS line. Yeah. Do you know what I read something recently that one of the first people to do that for their show was Sarah Jessica Parker for Once Upon a Mattress that she like got in the middle wow. of Times Square with like a, and I'm sure she wasn't, I'm sure there were people before that, but it was like mm-hmm. in recent memory. That was mm. the first time a star had really got out and done that and she was happy to do it. That's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. TKTS history. Um, last question. This is a tough one, you guys. If you had comps and a time machine, mm-hmm. what would you see? I, I knew this was the question. <laughs> <laughs> We're in my office staring at it. This isn't my answer at all, but I'm like, the Heidi Chronicles of Elizabeth oh. Moss. I love that production so much. That's definitely not my answer because I saw Just it. Just go back <laughs> a few months ago and see it. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not. Um, I always say to be an asshole, the black crook. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just cause I feel like there's something about like, if I had a time machine and went back and saw that I wouldn't even need comps cause it was like a 10 cents, but, um, <laughs> I would inform something. Um, I don't even know if that's my real answer though. It's hard. I want huh. what would happen if you paid with a dime from 2015? Yeah. They would burn me as a witch. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd have to find an era appropriate dime. Like, I'm friends with Ruben Mamoulian. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I like have been trying really hard and I'm not gonna be able to do this because I'm not this good at research, but like I wanted to write something that was like we all know what the theater thinks of Alexander Hamilton, but what did Alexander Hamilton think of the theater oh. of like shows that he went to see? Because I know he went to the theater, he was such yeah. a New Yorker. And I tried digging around in some like colonial newspapers and was like, This is too much for me. I Someone was, should write that. Yeah. And I really like going back that far to like the 1700s, the 1800s, yeah. like that appeals to me. Mm. I was wondering in the show, I can't remember the character's name, but his son Philip has a duel with a guy who's seeing a show. Yeah. And I'm like, what show is he seeing? <laughs> well, he's like, get out of here. I'm in the middle of a show. We'll Wait, set up I'm this duel with, later. I'm obsessed with that. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> he's so like funny. in Union Square or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, what show are you seeing? Ugh. It Where's says like on... <laughs> It's been running that long. Traces. I don't know. What's something that just popped in my head was Rachel Lily Rosenblum. <gasps> oh, I, get it. Oh, love it. I yes. love that show. I love that show. I'm so fascinated by that show. Uh, it's, it's just, it's one of those things that I'm like, what is happening on this stage? What's going on? Like, how did this mm. come together? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. We we uh, had named a character in one of our videos, Rachel. Rachel L. Rosenblum. <gasps> I have an I have like a desk plate yeah, with we, her name we, on it because we, 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 we bought one. That's <laughs> we amazing. Needed a, a professional prop. Yeah, that show really <laughs> lives on. I'm Ugh. fascinated by like Tom Ian. You know, like all of his shows. Like he wrote some crazy off Broadway shows too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, those are all of our questions. Ooh. About like that we Rare. ask everyone, but let's talk questions. about runs a minute. Yeah, what's well? <laughs> what's your origin story as human friends? So we we first, I, at least I knew of Jennifer. We were both at NYU around the same time. We had so many of the same friends, um, and then it was kind of during the title of Showtime, I guess. Yeah, um, I was I was making 
these videos under the, I played this character, Craig Stevens, oh, and I was making Craig these Stevens. YouTube videos. Everyone should go. Can you still watch them? Are they still They're still live? on the internet. Please go watch them, everyone. They're fantastic. Craig and, Stevens video blog. And I'm friends with Craig Stevens on Facebook. And whenever it's your birthday, it's his birthday. It's his birthday, too. I know. <laughs> He's still around selling merchandise for some show. Aww. Um, his girlfriend, Janine. Uh, but yeah, uh, and then I guess we had sort of met through the Craig Stevens stuff and Hunter and yeah, Jeff. Yeah, we, we kind of like had a lot of mutual friends. Um, we had met, and I think like our first picture together is at Ticket Ganza, the day the title of show tickets went on July sale. I see him. But I took a picture with Craig Stevens because Craig Stevens was like there. Um, Ticket Ganza. It was just what we called the box office oh. openings. Like the whole title of show cast was there. Um, I see, I see. I, I see. remember they, I lent uh, yeah, Hunter Bell a Good Vibrations t-shirt to wear. I think they were giving out cast albums Yeah, there was, there was or signing them. It was like yeah. a thing. Well, it was, so I was we, like in Bay Ridge, just sitting aw. around being a dick. <laughs> a moment to, um, but So we met, and then there were a couple of things that kind of like inspired Ren's Minute to start. One of which, I never forget this, was that Nick Blameyer did, um, and James Gardner did, a Glory Days CD release concert at Joe's mm. Pub. And I Nick told me that his dream for the title song was for all of his like musical theater friend, guy friends to like play the four guys. And it was like Joe Iconis, Brian Loudermilk, Adam Guan. Um, oh my God, who did I just forget? And Bench Pasek, duh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, so, uh, and so Nick wanted to do that, and then it didn't end up happening. And then I was like, oh, like, I would really like to do a concert where like, people could sing from underappreciated shows, and we could do that. And so that kind of sparked the idea a little bit. But we had like a meeting at a diner where we talked about the idea. <sighs> Is it Westway? Yeah, a diner in Astoria. The, oh. uh, I've never been there right before or since. Astoria Boulevard, the... Um, Oh God! It's like Neptune. Neptune Diner. Yeah, the Neptune Diner. The Neptune Diner. Right by your Jen, old apartment. Jen, by my old apartment. Yeah. Jen um, was posting uh, underappreciated photos. Yeah, yeah. On Facebook, and I would look at them for hours and cry mm. and laugh, yeah. and I was so obsessed. And so, yeah, I was like, Fair I Broadway had this photos. idea, yeah, and she yeah, was yeah. like, I had that idea, and so we had this yeah. meeting, Ugh. and we were like planning it out, and it was just like this. This seems cool, and we were both like, Who do we want to collaborate with as a musical director? Mm-hmm. And both of us, like, the top of our list was Caleb Hoyer. Yeah. And so that was, and then he said yes. And then mm-hmm. we knew it was going to be cool and we knew we were going to love it. And then yeah. we did the first concert and it all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is something bigger than we thought yeah. it was going to be. And it was more meaningful to, to not only us, but I yeah. feel like the people who were there that night. Yeah, it was at well. the Beachman. So there were a hundred people there. And I feel like mm-hmm. there were so many people there who I respect so much who like were so encouraging. It was like Craig Carnelia was there. Oh. Lisa Brescia sang in it and they were both so encouraging. And Stephen Flaherty came even though we didn't <gasps> even know him. And no, I would have freaked so, out. He That's came, amazing. but there wasn't even an Aaron's and Flaherty show. He just was like, this sounds nice. You just heard about it? Oh, yeah. He's and, like, the best. He's a wonderful oh. human being. And like, it I just felt him. like... So great. <laughs> Yeah, right? let's just he's talk just about like, him for the rest. He's so wonderful. Time. We could though. We could just talk about <laughs> him. Um, yeah, I just thought of some like he had some fun survival jobs in the theater too. Maybe survival jobs in the theater is like a whole series. Yeah, but um, well, when we interview him for our podcast, we'll ask. Yeah, yeah. Broadway loves survival jobs. <laughs> And it's just like you go to the concert and all the people are doing their survival. That's amazing. So whether they're waiting tables or handing out brochures. Yes. Yes. Well, we've talked about this a couple of times of having, I'm sure we'll do this at some point, um, a Broadway Loves Ellen Stardust Diner show with people that worked there and are now. That's an amazing idea. I love that idea. Alicia Humphress. What? Alicia Humphress. Yeah. Uh, That's the only one I know. Um, (laughs) No, who was I just talking? Oh, Ellen Marie Marsh. Uh, Um, mm -hmm. There's a couple. So So who was like your first dream get that you got to do one of the earlier shows? 
There were so, oh my gosh, there's so many. I'm trying to like, I'll just pick one out. Hmm. I know I had a moment where, this is embarrassing, but I didn't know really who Lisa Brescia was. Mm. (laughs) And then obviously I was obsessed with Craig Cornelia. So that was very big for me that he was playing for her and and doing his material. And then she started singing and I started crying. And I I feel like I turned to Jen and was like, where has she been all my life? (laughs) (laughs) And from then on, I was very obsessed with everything Mm. she's ever done. I think she's so fantastic. Sar and Mamma Mia. Yeah, she was fantastic. She was great. She was so good. She's amazing. I will say like Michael Rupert, I think he did the third Mm. concert. And there's something about like, I was so obsessed with falsettos and like with other shows that I heard Michael on recordings of. And just the fact that like, he's such an established, like incredible performer and Mm. that he would come like downtown and like play with some kids and sing from the happy time, which like also the idea of someone performing from a show they did in the sixties, like that was so cool to me. And then like we won the bistro award and they asked us to bring a performer with us to like sing something from a show. And we were like, let's ask, Michael Rupert, but I was a little scared too. And he said yes immediately. And he was so gracious and like he sang and, and like joined us for the night. And like he just was so generous. That's such that, a class like, act. Blew yeah, me away. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, actually, well, I don't know if I have like a concrete question, but we, because of the way Runs Minute is and the way a lot of shows slip away, bootlegs are a really important element for what you guys are doing. However, bootlegs are extremely controversial. Mm -hmm. And I feel like also bootlegs are sort of, I mean, bootlegs are completely like taboo to talk about publicly. And it's, I mean, maybe you don't even want to talk about it, but I'm just curious how you asked. It's a tough, it's a tough (laughs) time when you think about seeing something, you know, I think about shows that I saw, you know, we saw, uh, what was that? The little Schubert, that show that we loved that under my skin. No, no, not the musical. Lucky guy. Low, the lucky musical guy. that we like saw it the week it closed and we loved it and we thought it was so amazing. And they were, you know, I signed up for like notifying me when the cast recording and comes it was out. Supposed and, to come out. Yeah, and then it never happened. And now I'm like, does anybody have a bootleg of that? <laughs> like I loved it. I want it. And Crybaby only just now is yeah. releasing a cast recording, which obviously I realize now is because they also announced it's now available for licensing. Yeah, that's like, oh, that's why they decided to put money behind recording it. But if, if that didn't happen, then we would still be without a right. Crybaby cast recording. So well, I guess publicly, where do you guys stand? <laughs> well, uh, uh, it's, I, think it's tr- I think it's tricky because I'm somebody who... Oh, so I, did, I was in the Book of Mormon for two years and I understudied Elder McKinley. And so I have, this is, I probably even say that I, I have recordings. I don't think there are any videos, but I do have recordings that fans gave me of me going on mm. as McKinley, which is something I will treasure for the rest of yeah, time. Totally. At the same time, if you are putting a bootleg out there, the actor could be sick. The actor could be mm. having a, a rough mm-hmm. night. And mm-hmm. for that to be then something that is sort of publicly distributed mm-hmm. is kind of tricky because that was not what the actor meant. And when you're in the theater, it might not, fall under the same scrutiny because mm-hmm. it's a live performance and mm-hmm. we're not going to pick everything apart as much, but with that's going to live on for yeah. time. So there is a problem with that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm grateful to have the time where I, I went on this time for this role and, and now I'll have something to remember. It yeah, totally. Yeah. It's so tricky because I feel like, 
so in every edition of the concert, we try really hard to do at least one or two songs that um, were never recorded so that like you're coming to the concert to hear these like rare underappreciated shows and songs and you get something that there wasn't a cast recording of. So you're really the first audience that's getting to see it. And I've never gotten anything but positive feedback from like the writers we've represented mm-hmm. in that way saying like, oh, we're so glad that like this song is living on in this way or that there's a YouTube video now. Um, I think that, you know, if we ever did get negative feedback at any point, we would react to that and take it down or not do the song but people have been grateful for that and the only way we're able to do that is from bootlegs that we then get transcribed into sheet music Mm -hmm. and then we then turn into performances which is actually crazy um but on the other hand i'll say like i like i have plenty of actor friends who go through that struggle Mm -hmm. that kevin just described and also it's like i've 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 never bootlegged anything myself i I bootlegged everything every show joey connis has ever done because he's my best (laughs) friend and like i'll send it to him as soon as the show's over and he'll take notes based on the bootleg and i'm like i'm glad i have this but that's with permission (laughs) yeah different, different thing but i've never bootlegged anything um but like when i see online that there's a bootleg of like earl of rustin which closed after a weekend at the nederlander in the 70s i'm like yes a bootleg now we can do this this show yeah. and now I can know what the show was about mm-hmm. and like I can hear what it was like um the other day I was listening to a bootleg of the fig leaves are falling which was like a very short-lived musical um written by um the guy who wrote hello mudda hello fada and like oh. it was it was just like and you're listening to it and you're just like no one would ever know what this was like. This would live on in no way if we didn't have this. Mm. Um, but like, it pains me that someone is like making a bootleg of waitress and distributing it before the cash right. recording comes yeah. out and then not getting the cash recording. And so it's like, it's, it should be black and white cause it's illegal, but yet it's not because mm. Uh, I mean, maybe there should be like a statute of limitations in terms of years. Like at this point, I was going to say, I think they're like, I, I, you know, dabble in the trading a little bit and I have very strict, like ethical things about stuff that I won't trade to people. And like, you know, and, and I'm an advocate of cast recordings always. And I I also don't understand the people that are like, I have a bootleg. Why would I get the cast recording? I don't understand. I have a bootleg. Why would I see it? Right. That's that. When you get into that that area, it's like really tough. But like, like you were saying about having a bad night, like I have come into possessions of things and listened to it and then like been like, I will never trade this to anyone because I don't think it's fair to the person that was performing that night. And I will like lock it up. If only we could all have such a great moral code. Moral. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's so tricky. Ugh. I don't know. Is there any show that you weren't able to, that you've really wanted to do, that you weren't able to find anything about, or what you got was like too like garbled because I know in some you're like we kind of <laughs> made up the lyrics. No, we're actually doing a fascinating show in this coming edition called Kid Champion, which was written. The music and lyrics are by uh, Jim Steinman, who like went on to become a hit pop songwriter. Um, and he like started out as a musical theater writer, like writing shows for the public theater. And this show, like there were some demos that he had made um, of some songs, and one of them, Alex A. Joyan, is going to be singing, and it's going to be great. Um, and the show starred Christopher Walken as like a fallen <gasps> rock star. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's he amazing. was like the lead. In this musical Amazing. and I was not able to find any bootleg anywhere mm. or any actual recording but we we're doing it because we found the demo ah. um there might be something in the library I haven't investigated mm. the audio files library for it but I will say like how cool if like I could have been informed about what the show was and that people could by that existing um would Christopher Walken be upset would Jim Simon be upset I don't think they would like mm. I don't know if they would but it was 1975 and by this mm-hmm. point I think they'd be like we've gone on to such things we're fine right. with people right. having the bootleg yeah. from the public in 1975 yeah. So, well, statute of limitations? I don't know. Maybe. 
I think a lot of it comes down to, yeah, like I, you know, screamed at someone on Tumblr a while ago because they were like, can somebody, you know, send me a bootleg of this show that like the cast recording and come out the day before. And, and I like reblogged them and was like, fuck you, wait. And they were like, I don't have money. Wait, yeah. kids, yeah. wait. If you wait don't have the money, library you it. wait until you have the money to get it. That's life. Like it's I know it's accessible it's because it's on the internet. Well, that's true too. Well, it's also like, it is not okay to trade cast recording right it's absolutely not okay to like and i i remember like so i as a kid i was obsessed with like i really was dying to have in trousers and it was out of print so it was like 60 dollars. <laughs> and my mom like gave me some goal to reach for like scholastically and she was like if you do this and it was like six months away we'll get in trousers and i was like a kid and like so i got it and then a couple months later they reissued it on cd oh. for like 13 dollars. but it's like that's what it is like yeah. if you want fancy food you have to pay for exactly. it if you want you know fancy clothes you have to pay for them if you want an item it costs money like i don't believe in that but right. well, the other thing about cast aren't... recordings that i try to really really yell at young people today is they will fucking stop making them yep like if you, if don't, if buy you don't buy them yeah. they will not make them and if they don't make them it's gone like yep. you That's have trouble. to pay yeah. money for well, them yeah and you know crybaby is a perfect example because right. the reason that they did it is because they were licensing it mm-hmm. and so they had a reason to make it because they didn't think anyone would buy it right. otherwise yeah. It's also amazing, like, stuff that's licensed that there aren't cast recordings of doesn't get done. Like, it's almost like, the, you, you know, you keep talking about how it's so important that so they have that for licensing. And it really is. Because, like, we're doing a show called Park in Runs a Minute that is licensed by Samuel French. And they were wonderful in letting us have a, a song, a sheet music from it. And it's licensed and no one ever does it because how would they ever know it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, you have to have that cast recording to sell the show. Well, so that's another question that I was thinking about if doing this show that you guys do, do you think it could potentially result in revivals or revisals as they are <laughs> more frequently? I mean, we hope, you know, yeah. I, I definitely feel like the fact that as Jen was saying before, that there are now there's video evidence mm-hmm. of so many songs that hadn't ever existed on the internet before and get these writers getting back in. We've had writers say to us, they're like, we want to do a revival and people seem to love this. And they're so excited and kind of reinvigorated yeah. their interest in this project. They had, was that they loved years yeah. ago and it so yeah people I mean, have also said it's like brought them closure in a cool way but oh, I will bad. say like it yeah. actually has sparked a couple of shows like I know we did like the Smile reunion concert here at 54 mm. which was 100% because like of connections I made from like doing it in Runs a Minute and like Ann Bobby and Mana Allen um, and we had like the whole 1986 cast and actually that's like my favorite Lund Fontaine show so we're bringing it back oh, there you um, go. but like there have been a couple of people like um, a couple of theater companies that have done shows that we've featured in the concert who've kind of discovered them or like learned about them more from the concert so that's definitely the hope i mean the hope is really the like there's no reason why these wouldn't be someone's favorite show just because they happen to run for a shorter amount of time and like how helping those people find the shows um my dream that hasn't happened yet there's a couple but like i fell deeply in love with the early maltby and shire musical how do you do i love you and um it was like because of featuring that show and them coming to speak and runs minute that we did a maltby and shire night here so it's like led to things like that but i really want like that show in concert to happen because i love that show and that's a bootleg computer dating (laughs) yep right in the computer dating 
yeah. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Didn't work critics yeah. were like, that could never happen. <laughs> oh my yep. gosh. Phyllis Newman as like a girl mm-hmm. who like is from Larchmont and comes to Manhattan to like, mm-hmm. you know, figure it out and f- finds computer dating. But it was so like witty and so had a succeedy and so mm-hmm. like Mombi and Shire, all the like wonderfulness of them. Um, I like became obsessed with it and it was actually because I was like really sick. Um, I just had like a really bad cold one week and I spent the entire week discovering, like I listened to it for the first time, this bootleg of it from their pre-Broadway tryout at the Westbury Music Fair in the 60s and was like, what is this? Ugh, bootlegs, so controversial, so upsetting. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Well, I'm also fascinated about those old shows that were bootlegged because they had to bring like a tape recorder. Yeah, that's or some, crazy. Or, Less the sound technician. I think oh, that too. Sound, yeah, technician. sound technician. There's an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show where they go see a Broadway show and they're sitting in the front row and their neighbors that they brought along with them bootleg the show. <laughs> Unlike an old... I've like never seen deck. this. <laughs> tape player. That's it's pretty great. Say what Broadway show it I is. I think they made it up. It's not like uh, how to, it's not like Mad Men where they're like, everybody's seeing how to succeed. <laughs> yeah, I think they made it up. But I, I was always seeing Bye Bye Birdie on Mad Men. Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't know about yeah. that. I don't know what episode it was. There yeah, was a while funny. there where it was on all the time and I probably was unemployed and watching it. <laughs> I had a moment Nick at night. Where, yeah, in my teens where I only watched like Nick at Night old yeah. sitcoms. And so I, I'm sure I saw that episode at some point. R.I.P. Nick at Night. Is well, it, no. It's still a thing. We just don't watch it, right? Uh, I don't think it, yeah, it's, it's like not Nick Roseanne. at Night anymore. Right. Yeah, it's oh, like... Yeah. It's our the shows we used to watch. That's weird. That's what TV Land is for now. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's like uh-huh. I think that's what the Dick Van Dyke shows on TV Land. I only watched PBS until like high school. <laughs> so <laughs> well, we have a bone to pick for you, you oh. guys. Oh yeah. Um, why did you guys make two new concerts in the same night and we couldn't see both of them? Oh, <laughs> we've done that uh, like two or three times. Uh, one night I could go to both of them. Uh, but the other one, Emily couldn't go to both of them. Yeah, I was mad. Oh, the like double bill nights. <laughs> Joseph almost killed me. I was, was it because ah. was it because you were on tour and you were like here for one day? It was actually right before that. I think what it was is like honestly, we haven't, uh, with like two or three exceptions, we've never featured the same musical twice. Mm, there are is, so yeah. many shows to do. Like people yeah. are like, oh, you no, should we do have a list. trousers again, and I'm like, there's so many we haven't done. Like there are literally hundreds that we haven't done, and it's not like every show needs to be my favorite show or Kevin's favorite show. It's like we want to give you a cross section of all of these shows and one I will love and one this audience member will love. So there's just a lot to explore. And we got to the point where we were like, there are so many we want to do. And like, really these shows should only be an hour and a half, not the three hour Caroline's yeah. edition. I think it was after the Caroline. Yeah. Edition. We were like, let's just do edition. two and one. Was, we're, we're like, That's people so were like, we loved it. It was, it was like 1230 or what? Yeah. Like That's the first one I took our friend there. Evan to. And oh he was God. like, is it always this long? And <laughs> oh I was like, God. I don't remember. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Two of my like normal people, People, friends from middle school came to that one and they were like it's amazing and I was like oh god you hated this but like Randy Graff made it all better oh god, oh god. I was god, in Randy. the same room as Lonnie Price for Lonnie three hours Price. I'm great it's tough because I feel like for the right people like if you if that and in the night where there was two back to back like I would have stayed for that oh and there were there were a number <laughs> you know? of people who did because there's some yeah. people that like are like yes um, can we do like a Monday to Friday nine to five for two weeks and it's all <laughs> just that. get all of them. Like, yeah. I'll come to all of it the coast of if it only even runs some Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Honestly, like we love the stories so much. Like we love when mm. people tell stories, and we love being able to share the stories. And so it's hard to predict how long that's going to take, totally. and it just gets to be long. So we we split them in well, half. And, a little bit. You know, everyone in that room is so 
in love with what's happening that mm. that stops it that like you know we're all just like <laughs> do it again that's so nice I actually have like a number of memories of like looking at both of your faces like during the show there's a couple of people maybe we like have a, five we have that faces. I'll like look at um, just cause like you're enjoying it but you're also like surprised at things yeah. it's really fun you feel like you're I mean you do it's the best thing of like you feel like you're just in a room talking to your friends but like yeah. with a lot of people that love underappreciated shows and I love when people are like I saw that yes. Yes. like what it's you saw bring back Birdie yeah. <laughs> tell me all about it oh my god we saw a show downtown at the culture project anthem the anthem just yeah and to be honest we left that show and we're like now we see how those runs a minute shows happen the like right. crazy ones that right you yeah. it felt like being in a, it felt like both of us were like I think you'll feature think it of like the craziest story from runs a minute and like this is what it feels like seeing this show is like we don't even believe what's happening on stage yeah, i love that, that so much it's based on an ayn rand's short yeah, story hearing about it i didn't get to there see was, it. it was silks it was silk work in that nuts. tiny theater. It One of my crazy. favorite things about it, though, was outside the theater, they had pull quotes. And we were, like, reading them, and I was like, these, none of these were meant in positive ways. Like, <laughs> you pulled these, and, like, and then I started, I don't have very much on it, but I started a hashtag on Instagram called ambiguous pull quotes. Yes. I saw this. I loved this. <laughs> but it was, it, like, it was like, um, who was the... The village people guy that was in it, Randy, I forget what his last yeah, name is. Oh, yeah, I can't remember. They were like, Randy she is was. imposing in the show. And like, that was it. That was the quote. <laughs> this was a musical that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh yeah. my God. It was What's amazing. our favorite? Oh my God. No, there's one we love from High Fidelity. The like, Will Chase was not abysmal or like something <laughs> like that. Oh, Will Chase. Right. It, it was something like that. Or have you seen the, the window card star. from. It was Pirate Queen, Ooh, it was right? The Pirate Queen. There's a there's a window card from the Pirate Queen that has a lot of um ellipses in it and, and like it's all like the super it's like cobbled the together. The show was dot 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 really super dot dot like it's cobbled together from the Times Review, which we then immediately pulled up and read and we're like, No, that's <laughs> oh amazing. God, it, was like, it was in like a pizza in place a pizza on Tenth Avenue yeah. or something that we saw. Probably still we're there. not gonna do Pirate Queen until we can get Stephanie J. Black. Yep. Like yeah. we're not gonna do it until there's we get no her. reason to absolutely. But there's a couple of shows like that where people are like, why haven't you done Raisin? And I'm like, I'm waiting for Uzo Aduba to be ready. Oh, yes. like, my yes. God. Yes. Yeah. If you're listening. Get in line. <laughs> she Pirate- loves our podcast. <laughs> Pirate Queen is one of those shows that I know if I had lived here, I would have seen it 10 times. I could times. have seen that, too. Yeah. I would have seen it 10 times. Yeah. It would have been my fave. Um, what I remember I is like, Women! Like, yeah. I remember <laughs> all of the like hubbub when, um, I guess, Susan Stroman went in to measure the stage um, <laughs> while Pirate Queen was there. Like, during an afternoon when no one was supposed to be around, but people saw her and then they understood young Frankenstein was going oh. in and like it wasn't her fault like someone right. had told her to go right. measure the theater but like oh, I just remember that being so like, sad. Broadway. <laughs> oh man Broadway is crazy that's funny what's this is probably uh like Sophie's choice question but like what's the your favorite show that you've done it runs a minute yeah mm-hmm. I'm Jen, Jen hates this question. I, I know, like, I know. Tell us to pick a I feel like, and that's not. No, no. It's like Michael Rupert. You know, that was really special. It was like, oh, really special. You can say like, oh, really special. Yeah. I think. Mm. I think for us, one of the most special moments, at least the moments where we cried the most, was truckload. 
musical, mm. which was, it played the Lyceum in what, 1975? Yep, yep. Came out at the same time as Chorus Line, so yeah. 75. And, and we, Jen had been telling me about this musical for like a year. Year, or, yeah. You know, and like, she, and we were just like, oh God, what is this musical? And uh, then it was Eileen Graff was in it uh-huh. and Amazing. offered to send us a board recording of the show, mm-hmm. which made doing songs from it possible. Yeah. And then I, w- I woke up one morning and there was a message on my machine from uh, Louis St. Louis who wrote the show, also <gasps> wrote Grease 2, which is like one yes. of my favorite <gasps> Hello. of all time. And I freaked out and called Jen. You guys do Grease 2, even though it's not a we stage show? We did, it, but it wasn't like the oh, first I one. I missed it, yeah. It was like the first one. Megan, Megan Sakura did a cool <gasps> ride around like a ladder. Love yeah, because we, we throw in, we would throw in like a little, like a movie. Um, sure. unappreciated movie musical. Sure. Um, every once in a while too. And I freaked out. And then he was like, where did you find my music? And I thought he was going to be mad at us. But then he was like, I don't even have it. This is amazing. Oh. And he volunteered to be in the concert and yeah. sing in the concert. And Marty Thomas came and, and yeah. sang and oh, he Marty sang. Thomas. And it was like church. Yeah. And this sort of process of things that came together <laughs> to make that happen, we were just overcome with emotion. Yeah. It was so special. It was also so special. It closed in previews at the Lyceum. And it was like this mystery musical that nothing existed from, except that when I was doing title of show at the Lyceum, Jeff Bowen and I would study every musical that played there. And there weren't that many musicals that ever played the Lyceum. Sure. So like the one we were most obsessed with learning about was Truckload. Um, you know, there was no recording. We would just read about it and there wasn't that much to read. And so when we started finding like Eileen Graff through Nika Graflin-Zerone and through, um, you know, through them, it was James Dibus, who was the um, assistant director and mm-hmm. Lewis and, you know, all of that. Pat it was Birch. like... Pat Birch, mm. Pat Birch came. That's right. Um, they all either, you know, came, participated, and they all were like, we found out we were closing. Like, we found out we didn't get to give a last performance even. Like, they were like, they brought oh. us into a room and they were like, we are now closed during oh. previews. And so, like, it was this, like, crazy show about people on the road and, like, what it meant to be, like, on a journey going somewhere. It was this, like, 1970s kind of, like, re- not a review, but concept not a... Musical. Like, concept musical. And um, it just, like, it was it had lofty goals and it, they really the, the music is great and so they all like Lewis sang from it they all kind of got to have that moment <sighs> and like I have friends in the audience who are still like oh my god like that meant something that like you realized how like transient like theater is and how like you got to be in the room for that like Will Roland always will be like oh my god remember truckload like, yeah <laughs> so um, it just was really it was it's hard to even talk about it it was so special that's amazing so what are without giving too much away because we'll be there and everyone who's listening to this mm. even the ones who live out of state will be coming in to see your show um, <laughs> what sh- what shows are going to be featured in this newest installment the 14th no wait it's on the 15th 15th. the 15th on the 14th should I figure it out it's on October 14th I yeah. think we've done a run submitted on October 14th before <gasps> it could be just my brain but maybe I could search, um, search my Google calendar yeah. <laughs> Google it it's on your website I'm you impressed that you've had <laughs> I'm impressed that you've had Google Cal for that long so, I, I love my Google Calendar. As soon as I could use it, I started using it. It's great. Yeah. It started giving me like driving, like leave for this. It was like leave by three fifteen. Traffic's <laughs> light. I was like, what? what? <laughs> Can I change the settings to give me like walking traffic? Yeah, or <laughs> like uh, sure on Avenue, like subway, <laughs> yeah. subway instructions. The F train's fucked up again. Good luck. <laughs> I love the idea that there would be a computer someday that would be like ten people you know on Eighth Avenue. Take ninth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. it could happen. 
Um, we have so much, so many exciting people in this one. I will say like a couple highlights. Um, Michael Arden is going to be singing from and sharing a story about uh, Times They Are Changing, mm, which yeah. is cool both because I saw the out of town tryout and I saw it on Broadway mm. um, and like was fascinated by it. And he was so wonderful in it, but also it was at the Brooks Atkinson. And right mm. now he's just like returned to the Brooks Atkinson right. as a director yeah. and has this huge triumph with Spring Awakening. So I think that's really kind of a cool thing. Um, Malcolm Getz. Yeah. New Brain, yes. which I, like, when I was in college, that was, like, the coolest thing Malcolm ever, Getz. and I'd want to sing all the things, and mm-hmm. then I may or may not announce at the concert and tell him to his face that I once wore a costume that he wore. <gasps> um, <laughs> I was yes. down in Daytona Beach, Florida, doing a production of The Coconuts, the Marx oh. Brothers musical, and I took off my coat one day, and it said Malcolm Getz on the inside. I freaked <gasps> oh, out. that's <laughs> amazing. Uh, between that and Caroline in the City. I mean, oh, Caroline. I love Malcolm Getz. I'm very excited. I remember um, my roommate and I, instead of when you're like, somebody says something and you're like, oh, story of my life, instead of saying that, we started to say, Will Chase and Malcolm Getz. So you'd be like, uh, <laughs> like I had too much coffee today. Oh, Will Chase and Malcolm Getz. Oh, and it like, makes no sense, but it that's makes whole- completely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm also really excited. We're doing a song from Earl of Reston, which is the show that played for a weekend at the Nederlander in the 70s and was like, oh, crazy. One of those crazy, like, folk rock musicals trying to do something outrageous, like, a couple years after Hair. Mm. Um, and Drew Gasparini and Ari Wolford are singing, like, a never heard song that's <gasps> insane from it that we got transcribed. Mm-hmm. So that will be really awesome. Can't wait. Those are some highlights. Um, I'm excited you guys will be there. My favorite thing that I ever saw in Runs a Minute was Kelly. Oh my God. Steve Rosen singing that Brooklyn Bridge song (laughs) is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. It's on YouTube and everyone should watch it. He's legitimately one of the funniest people I know. Like funniest in real life, funniest on stage. I love Steve Rosen. Um, When he in that video says, all right, guys, I got to go. I'm going to do a monologue from Moose Murders at La Poisson Rouge. (laughs) I have watched that and laughed at it like 20 times. (laughs) Did you guys see that Moose Murders production? We did. We saw it. It was a lot happened in it. It was. I love that you guys saw Anthem the man who's murdered. I love that your favorite yeah. is Kelly. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I you know it's like that, like picking a favorite. I guess that's not really you know, no, but, it's but cool like it everyone sticks out in my brain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I laughed, I laughed so hard. I laughed. <laughs> So hard. Also, that late night comic. I remember oh, that. Oh, I remember that. Being like so well. crazy, but also like he wrote it yeah. and he sang from it, yeah. and it was like probably one of those situations where someone gets closure on a show. Yeah, right. you know where you know I'm not going to pretend like it was the greatest thing I ever heard, but that also gives you appreciation for those shows that you may not have enjoyed the process of someone writing it yeah. and putting it out there. Mm-hmm. And so then hard. you're like, I'm such a jerk. Right. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> I didn't write a show. That was, actually, like, that was our second choice of a title for the concert. Like I'm such a jerk, <laughs> like journeys into appreciating other people. You know people. what I mean? Funny. Cause even if I'm like, I, I would not like that if I saw it, but like hearing his journey of writing it, and then seeing him perform it, I was like, this is, this is, yeah, it's beautiful. You're also always like, something is someone's follies. Something mm-hmm. is someone's title of show. Like it, I remember like talking to Lonnie Price once and he talked about as a kid, he loved the show Golden Rainbow, which was this like Stephen Edie musical that is not very remembered today that played the Schubert. Um, and it's just like, that made him really fascinated by like big musical comedy. You never know what's going to spark something yeah. inside someone else. And like somebody loved late night comic and you know, just like exploring that I feel like makes you more empathetic to like there being different tastes. Yeah. Right. Um, or at least it, it's made me appreciate that. And to also appreciate something for what it's, what it is. Yeah. Like you can't compare one 
you can't like rock of ages is its own genre yeah you know mm-hmm. is its mm-hmm. own thing you can't sort of say that they're both sort of reaching the same end goal yeah. or they're both written. And one thing I actually love about musical theater, and I know awards in the end don't mean anything, but I do like that at the very least, the Tonys do a really good job of rewarding comedic performances alongside mm. dramatic performances. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I feel totally. like musicals, maybe it's because we, we initially think musical comedy, or at least people think that, but like it, it makes me so happy when, when those people can win alongside you know, Ruthie and Miles. Totally. Right. Yeah, because yeah, it's different totally. than like movies yeah. and TV. Yeah, everybody's like, like the Oscars are like, yeah. I mean, Melissa McCarthy getting nominated for Bridesmaids. Right. Was a straight up comedy yeah. is the closest that came to that was when I think Jack Mar- Nicholson won for As Good As It Gets. Marissa Tomei. Oh, that too. Oh, yeah. you guys are so out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. My cousin Vinny, did she won for my cousin She did Vinny. win for my cousin Vinny. Wow. She's yeah. so good in that. That's supporting yeah. too. I don't know, yeah. whatever. Anyway, that's really nice. I like I love that, that you embrace about like the positive theater. thing about that. I, I mm. think that's honestly great. is. I mean, yeah, it's the one thing that I cling to <laughs> for the Tonys that I'm like. Jen, aside from the general celebration, and you, right. Jen, you had said something. Maybe it was after the, the Emmys the other night, um, and it was about basically like the fact there's a lot at stake for the Tonys. These shows, mm-hmm. if they don't win, yeah. they're closing mm-hmm. the next week. Yeah, and for for the Emmys, it's the stakes aren't just as high. Right. So yeah. What did exactly you had said? No, I, I said like no one is sitting at the Emmys like oh, whispering right. about what's going to close on yeah. Monday. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's kind of like, it's like that. It, me- it means a lot. The stakes yeah. are very high, yeah. and it's it's really important. Even with the, the nomination, I, th- I think that's like the number one reason why I had in the past few years have been so soured on the Tonys because it doesn't feel to me it doesn't feel like a celebration of theater anymore it feels like a contest that if you don't win you're dead and I hate that because I want to sit there and and just appreciate all the cool theater we yeah. just got to see and that makes me so happy and I'm like at the end of the day I look at all the shows that I saw this season and I'm so happy that I got to see everything all of them. Yeah. and it breaks my heart that then you're like if you don't win this thing like you know and and for people who are around the business enough you can predict at the beginning of the night you know what's gonna announce like yeah. and it's fucking sucks yeah i remember they used like, to have those like tributes to like candor and Epp is gonna get a tribute this yeah year. this person's gonna yeah. get a tribute i miss that yeah mm-hmm. yeah i remember like reading in an interview with liz calloway where she was like the year of baby they were mm-hmm. told like if you don't win x tony and x tony or like if we don't win at least two or whatever it was um we're gonna post closing and they found out that they like didn't win best score or whatever it was right before they performed oh. like it was the award oh, and then the performance so like her and um oh my gosh beth, beth fowler, fowler uh, and Catherine Cox like went out there and were like, okay, this is our chance to like show the world what this song and show is. And we know we're closing now. And that just kind of always blew my mind yeah. of like, these are the stakes of theater. It's like, you're sharing this thing that you care about and it could be gone in the next moment. And you're always a little bit aware of that. It's kind of like devastating and beautiful. And yeah. Sad. Dribble that basketball. <laughs> that's one of my favorite <laughs> Tony performances I of all that time too. That's, I, now I'm going to watch that sort yeah. of with, diff, with a different perspective. I'm Moppy yeah. and Shire love always. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're so excited for the show, you guys. October 14th at Feinstein slash 54 below. Oh, you said the slash. Bravo. Yeah. (laughs) I got a phone call because I had a reservation from Feinstein slash 54 Below. And that's what they said. So that's what we say. That's funny. Uh, At 9.30, right? Yeah. Yeah. 9.30. And you guys should come to this show. Yeah, seriously. You'll love it. They do it, you know, semi on the reg. So if you can't make this one, there's going to be more. But like, listen to what we've just been describing. And if you don't come, you're going to miss that. Yep. 
and you'll be sad. Thanks, yeah. guys. I miss that truckload, man. We'd love to see it. Maybe this, yeah, maybe October 14th, you'll see the new truckload. The new truckload. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love truckload. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.